0: So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say
1: The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do.
0: Wait, 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 There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh,
1: what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing. Usually it's pretty nerdy.
0: Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy! Greetings from TG Geeks Webcast, where Ben and Keith, the Two Gay Geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it.
1: Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com.
0: Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast.
1: On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks.
0: Or call our feedback line at 469 TG Geeks. that is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers.
1: Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Gray's in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 135 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am, of course, joined today by my wonderful co-host Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing great, Joe. How's it going? Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year. Um, I will cut it out, but um, but I just I just completely flubbed the intro. And so um, I, I just told Ray that he jinxed me last week when he said that uh, that I do that very well.
2: <laughs>
1: it was a nice flub,
2: though. It was, you know, really, <laughs> really smooth. <laughs> uh,
1: so how was your how was your holidays, Ray?
2: It's going great, actually. I mean, I uh, luckily I don't know how your school schedule works out this year, but we're, we're getting an extra week off. So oh, nice. I, yeah, I've got I've got this whole week still. Uh, ahead of me to enjoy moving in and uh then you know we're gonna hit the ground running on, on Monday. Um what about yourself?
1: Yeah it's the same it's the same for me. I, I think we got out at the same time and we, we went back to the same we're going back to the same time. So yeah. that's nice. But it's it's been nice to just kind of be
2: um not having to make that commute.
1: <laughs> I think that's the number one best thing about the
2: break. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh I'm excited to talk about Aquaman today. Yeah, um, because uh, and it's, it feels a little bit different because that movie came out last year. We've done our end of the year podcast, um, but we're reviewing Aquaman and we might be talking about um, Spider-Verse in, into the Spider-Verse in a future episode, right?
1: Yeah, I'm going to try and get to see it before we, I go back. And then hopefully our next episode will be um, Spider-Verse.
2: Yeah, I'm trying I
1: mean, to trying to fit all that stuff in before we go back to school.
2: There was a lot of stuff last year too. I mean, from a geek point of view, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, Ollie agrees. There was a lot of stuff, <laughs> so it's it's kind of uh, I think it's 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 uh, typical of of last year, 2018, that we're still talking. We we still have more geek stuff to cover, even though we're into we're already into 2019. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and
1: and I I think 2019 is probably going to be even bigger because oh. we did have that we had the we had the oh. summer lull and and I don't see any lulls based on what we saw right. on our uh, on our forecast for for right. 2019 so
2: yeah that's hard to imagine
1: well i know you have been very busy moving have you gotten any time in to get some geeky stuff going on
2: and you could flip that statement around i have been very busy doing geeky stuff and hardly have had any time to unpack. (laughs) I just, you know what, man, I hit a wall and I think, uh, like I was explaining to you right before we hit record. Um, I, we moved right before Christmas, the the day before Christmas Eve, I, I spent the entire day with, you know, obviously, uh, family and friends that are willing to <laughs> to To go through that, Move, moving anyone, it's I've I've moved people, I've moved myself. It's it's a lot of work, but we did yeah. it the day before Christmas Eve, and um, I really haven't spent much time since then actually unpacking and setting up my apartment. So that's waiting for me. That's still, you know, that that that's pretty much how I'm going to spend this week. Um, what I what I have done is a lot of resting. A lot of staying up past my bedtime, <laughs> a lot of Netflix, a lot of sleeping in, and and ordering takeout. So
1: <laughs> now, now did you did you get new Netflix stuff taken care of, or or did you default back to the the holy trinity that you were telling me about a couple weeks ago?
2: Oh man, <laughs> a little bit of both actually. It's been a good balance. I it's 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 um, rewatching Mad Men, which is like my favorite show. Of all oh time. nice. Uh, and, and it's so addictive. It's so cool to rewatch a show like that. I think we talked about this before. It's like hanging out with old friends you haven't seen in a while, you know, just enjoy characters so much that you just want to like, just spend some time with them. Um, I I
1: feel like, I feel like this is like way past the need to spoiler, but I am going to, to say something that's a spoiler. If you are going to go back and watch mad men and have not seen it. So give me, give me five minutes. Um, Ray, my favorite episode is when they're getting ready to – like, you've you've seen the whole series, yeah? Oh, yeah. Multiple times. So when they're getting ready to close the – like, they're being bought out, and they're like, we need to reopen, but we've got to get all our clients – like, how do we do this? And they call in Joan – like that is literally, my favorite movement in the entire series where she just kind of comes walking back in and she's like move over boys we're gonna take care of this
2: watched that <laughs> episode yesterday and said that is my favorite episode i think i think um, i think i i i actually
1: out loud cheered while we were watching that yeah. the first time
2: <laughs> yeah yeah we saw that yesterday that was Great. I love that episode. For me, it's between that one and Jet Set, where he, uh, he just, he gets to California and just disappears for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one too. Um, so, so I've been doing, you know, watching some familiar stuff, but also checking out new things. Um, uh, I, I checked out Bird Box because everybody was talking against my better judgment because everyone was talking about Bird Box. And you know what? I trust my judgment. Um, that's that's all I'll say about that (laughs) Uh, that's funny because
1: we were like we were like ready to watch it and I'm like I'm just not ready for something intense I want either action packed or light so we've been like pushing
2: it off yeah you know this could be I mean take this with a grain of salt because I don't know where this comes from that's not backed up by any process that I go through but I am very um, I judge films very harshly upon like hearing like like upon the the marketing of it. So Okay. I can I can watch a trailer for a new film and I know by the end of the trailer whether that's something that I'm going to watch in the theater, whether that's something that I might check out on Netflix or whether I just don't want to go near whatsoever. You know what I mean? And I uh-huh. and I have I mean I've been wrong you know, I think the one that stands out for me is, um, into, is, uh, From Hell, the Johnny Depp, uh, uh thing, which a lot of people don't like it. I, w- when that first came out, and, and as some people know, it's, it's based off of, um, Alan Moore's comic book, right? About, about, uh, Jack the Ripper. And, uh, when that movie first, Came out, I saw the trailer and thought, Ew, no, like that is not something like from hell, like Johnny Depp, directed by the Hughes Brothers. I'm good. And it wasn't until a few years later that someone convinced me to check it out. And I actually enjoyed it, but I think it had a lot to do with expectations, as you and I have, have talked about before. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for those of you that spend any time on social media, you know the Bird Box memes and just like, you know, everyone's take is everywhere. So this movie's everywhere in terms of people talking about it. And on Christmas Day, um, we had some friends over, and they were talking about Bird Box. And they're like, you haven't seen it yet? And I, and I just was like, no way. I'm wasting any time watching <laughs> dribble. Now, mind you, I'm that's a harsh take. <laughs> I have not seen this movie at all. I know nothing. And I, I'm just like, just... From, subtle Ray Vargas way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just from the, like, the... I don't know, man. There's just something about... The packaging that I'm just Uh like, no, no, that is not some, there's so, there's so much good stuff out there. One, there's so much good stuff that I haven't caught up with this year or in in recent years. And two, if you're willing to go back, I mean, God, I, there's so many movies, great movies from the fifties and sixties and seventies and eighties that I haven't seen. You know what I mean? That I'm Uh just learning about that I'm like, there's I don't have the time to to know that if it looks eh, I, I'm not even it's gonna take a lot of word of mouth for me to to check it out. And so the the reason why, and I've heard this from a few people, so this might be brilliant on on the part of, of the makers of Bird Box, but the reason why I broke down and decided to watch it is because everybody was talking about it and I was like, okay, I gotta I, I got I'm gonna I'm actually gonna watch this just so that I could I can you know, be a part of the conversation or, 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 or whatever. Um, nah, Joe, nah, (laughs) it's,
3: it's,
2: it's, I, and and I tweeted about it. Um, I should have, I should have had this ready. I've been talking long enough. Uh, let me bring up my tweet real quick because it, it's just, it was a, it was a two part tweet because of what it's just interesting. I'm fascinated by how the the general public is is starting to consume geek culture and geek properties you know what i mean yeah and i feel like if if you know no i'm not going to spoil bird box so don't worry about that but um it is it is a a it's like a sci-fi scenario right and to me it just made me think of like a rejected like twilight zone script from the sixties, you know what I mean? Or, or, or 70s, sixties.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so it, I just like, this is not good, but so many people are blown away by the concept that I'm like, Oh wow. You, a lot of you have never really engaged with like far out, like conceptual, like storytelling. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. lot of like like Philip K. Dick type stuff, you know, where it's like, what if this scenario, and then you tell a story around that. So many people are talking about this like it's groundbreaking or something. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my tweet said, Bird Box would have been rejected as a concept for a 10 minute Twilight Zone episode back in the 60s. And yet people are out here recommending it as a two hour must watch, shaking my head. And then I followed that up with, it's really curious to see the general viewing public catch up with fans of pulp storytelling and comic books and genre fiction like sci fi and horror. I'm glad the interest is there, but I wish the collective taste would catch up. So that, that was pretty much my, my take on that.
1: That's, that's very interesting. Little harsh, but, <laughs> but very interesting. <laughs> <very, it's>
3: <laughs> um,
1: but I, I, I kind of agree with, like, I think, Spoil alert for Avengers if you haven't seen Infinity War <laughs> yet. But Bless um, you. when when everybody like I the number of people who were like traumatized by the fact that like half the universe died. I'm like yeah. well, this is just comic books, people. Like, totally. like this is just like this is this is nothing to panic about. It's that totally. it's that idea of oh wow, you guys the whole idea of bringing characters back over and over again, just doesn't like, I tried to explain to, to somebody the other day, they were like, well, um, Chris Evans is, they're not going to have captain America anymore. I'm like, Oh, they'll have a captain America, but it won't be, it'll go to Falcon or, or Bucky. And yeah. he got to look at me cross-eyed. He was like, but Falcon's Falcon. And I'm like, yeah, but Captain America is really just about like the idea and the shield and yeah. it's a concept that anybody can can be, and, yeah. and he's like that. That's too much, and I'm like, wow, like that's you something what, that's such man? a basic idea. If you're, a you comic. what that,
2: yeah, and that idea is about to take hold because of Into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. That is that is the whole. That is, that is the whole uh, um, concept of Into the Spider-Verse is what you just described. Um, and and you're right. It's totally comics. And I feel like, you know, if you're a geek, you know that that the, the geek landscape is littered with the corpses of projects that were a cool idea, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. But like this, this story sucked or it just didn't, they just didn't execute it well or whatever or the audience wasn't there. you know what I mean? Right right right. So that, I mean that is that, that is hockey cultures is that. It's like, oh, this was a cool idea, but you know it just didn't work out or whatever. And to me, that's what Burbox is. and honestly, it's not even that cool of an idea.' It's, it's definitely not new. It's not an original idea you know mm-hmm. um so it's just yeah that was kind of like wow it's weird to be like a geek and be and feel like oh we're ahead of like the storytelling curve like at this particular point in time
1: yeah because well because that's we <laughs> they we were the untapped well that they're now going to to get all their stories because yeah because they make is, all their money yeah well this is new territory for the general public and so that's why everybody's like this is groundbreaking like it's not groundbreaking we've had this for 20 years we just yeah we just haven't shared it with you <laughs> yeah. yeah that's how i felt
2: i felt a lot of this feeling um when the x-files was first being aired mm-hmm. you know because i think that was that was a big uh like introduction for a lot of people into that type of storytelling as well. And and just that kind of genre stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So, so I've been watching Netflix bird box, you know, I also put together, I'm very proud. So I'm going to share this. uh, I put together a thousand piece um, star Wars jigsaw puzzle. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Had a little bit of help, but you know, that was mostly me you know, on the couch for about 48 hours straight, <laughs> just <laughs> zoning out and, and just putting together this jigsaw puzzle. I'm telling you, Joe, you know, at the end of you, you know this at, at the end of a of a crazy semester, my brain, I feel like I just shut down, like most of my <laughs> like higher functions just kind of like took a break. And I'm just like sitting in front of a TV, mm-hmm. like working on a jigsaw puzzle. You know, I think technically it was geek because it was a Star Wars puzzle, but still that that's pretty much I just wanted to do that. My brain didn't want to do anything other than does this fit into this for like 48 hours? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the way to do it.
1: Like, I mean, I, I went as as I actually got a guide for for wow, this this last two weeks where because I wanted to level up a new character. Where it just basically says, go do this. Like, it's a little window in the corner of your screen. And it just goes, now you go do this. I don't have to read anything. I don't have to to make any decisions. I just run around and kill things. And it's been the most cathartic, brainless. <laughs> it's been wonderful.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Is theres there is – there, um... I mean, you're a wild nut, so yeah. I know that that what you just described right now has got to be like just pure joy. Yeah. Deep. Oh, yeah. Um, have you have you ventured into any anything new, any new properties or anything like that? Yes. My so far? my husband and I.
1: It's not it's not classic geeky, but I think you know anytime we watch a new series that we can recommend, um, I, I throw it in here. Uh, we watched Killing Eve with. Mm. Um, um, Sandra O, oh, is that her name? Oh, okay. And uh, I know that actress. Yeah, she's really good. And um, she basically plays this bumbling, um, forget what the um, British version of the CIA is, but like she works for them okay. and she's like one of the secretaries of the head guys, but she gets the connections that other people are not getting. And so she kind of points it out. And so she becomes kind of this spy hunting down a, a female assassin. And she's kind of like that criminologist who, who wants to know what is going on in her mind, what makes this woman be an assassin. And so they're there. She's following this trail. And it's, it's just, it is a crazy good. um Series, but it's, mm. it's very quirky. Like, it's very. Com- I was just. Yeah, it's very comedic and very odd. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's a really cool. I
2: story. was just gonna ask, what's the tone? Because, yeah, but you quirky. Okay, that's so that's a. That's got to make it feel different than most of the the genius crime fighter procedurals that are all over. The yeah, world. it's not a procedural at all. It's like it's
1: like a British series. So it's you know one story basically told over. You know I think ten episodes, and oh, cool. yeah, and um, it is not like a lot of those where that goes back and forth unnecessarily, like it's not you're not gonna get the netflix uh Marvel movies where you know catch the bad guy, release the bad guy, catch the bad guy, release the bad guy, catch the bad guy done yeah. like it it yeah. is a series, and not only is uh sandra o oh really good, but um the woman who plays the assassin is amazing. Like, and their interactions are just like you can't stop watching them. They're so good. So, highly, 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 highly recommend Killing Eve. It ends oh, on a weird cool. note. But Is it new? Is it like brand new? I think it was 2018, yeah. Oh, okay. So, we, we marathoned that, like, just straight through. Cool. So, we did that. Um, I, I kind of, I, I'm closing out, I think, my Harry Potter phase for now. Um, I, I got lots of Harry Potter pop figures for, uh, from Matt for, for Christmas. I got a Hagrid and a Voldemort and a Dobby and a Dumbledore. So that was very exciting. So now I've got to find where we've got to figure out where he's going to allow me to display them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, a couple of students went together. I don't know if you've seen these, but they're like, um, pop figure advent calendars, and so for 24 days, I got to open up little windows and pull out a tiny little, like, two-inch tall mini pop fig of a different Harry Potter figure. So What's an
2: advent calendar?
1: Um, well, advent is like the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And um, religiously, there's a lot of, like, symbolism and stuff to it. Um, basically, I'm assuming to, to 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 take over different Yule and um, pagan holiday traditions, but um, but yeah. So, like an Advent calendar is basically like you get like a box type thing, and there's little doors and with a little number, and so on the the first night you open the the first door, and it's got like a candy behind it. Or but that's become a big thing where now they'll do ones with like socks or cheeses or, you know, and so you
2: can count down to Christmas with these little boxes. You do? How do you do an advent calendar with Jesus? Is it Jesus behind the, the little window? Yeah, it's every like
1: little. It's like, two it's like sometimes it's um you open them up and they're like little pictures of different characters from the nativity or little prayers or, you know, they're little. That's I think how we do it It's been a long time since I've done a religious <laughs> or any honestly, this is the first advent type calendar I've done since college. Okay. Okay. When back then I would just, <laughs> just back then I would just buy 24 <laughs> like C's candies and like have a candy a day. <laughs> that was my that was my advent ca- countdown.
2: When you said Jesus and Advent calendar, I just thought Buddy Christ. I just, <laughs> <laughs> That was behind every window just hey um that's cool i've never heard of an advent calendar before it makes me wonder are are geeks uh, you know what i want to hear i want to hear from our uh, from our followers or listeners maybe on slack about this do do you all think geeks are easy to shop for or difficult to shop for for the holidays
1: i think if you ooh i think they're probably Easy in concept, but difficult in execution, because you know what you want to get them, but you don't know if they have
2: it already. Right. Or you don't understand what the hell it is they're into. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it has something to do with the uh, wizards, right? Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sure a lot of <laughs> A lot of geeks get kind of like a really well-meaning wrong joke, right?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I can see that quite a bit. I can I can see that being a – I think geeks can, can shop for geeks relatively easily. I think non-geeks just don't get it, and so it's it's
2: harder. So geeks are hard to shop for. I think, yeah, in general. Because if you know the property, right, if you know the property that it's like, oh, I'm going to get you this blanket that's this, you know – Transformers blanket or whatever, like you'll you'll like that because you're into you geek out about Transformers. Stuff, oh did
1: whatever. I tell you did I have that had I seen Bumblebee
2: before? I haven't I haven't seen it, but I'm kinda interested in seeing it. Okay, so I don't think it's a good movie. You saw I it? I saw
1: it. And, and this is the weird thing. I would not have gone and seen it, um, Ray, because I didn't know it wasn't directed by Michael Bay. It's produced by Michael Bay, but it's not right. directed by Michael I did not know this. Yeah. And yeah. out of the blue, like, I really should have checked his temperature, but I didn't want to, like, jinx it. Um, my husband says, hey, let's go watch Bumblebee. And I looked at him, like, who are you and what did you do with my husband? <laughs> and then – he goes, Well, I just want something that's kind of mindless, brainless action. And so, why don't we go watch Bumblebee? And I was like, All right, sure. I don't think it's going to be very good, but sure. Um, wow. you can tell that the director, and I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head, but, um, you can tell that A, he is a, um, a fan of the original Generation One cartoon. And, yeah. Two, um, he, he took his time to throw in a lot of 80s nostalgia. Like it was a little bit more of a product placement type um, than like um, Stranger Things, okay. you know, Stranger yeah. Things because it was kind of immersed in the 80s where this yeah. one is very much like, look, it's the 80s. Um, but I appreciated that. Like anytime there was a, a, a flashback to Cybertron. I could sit there and go. I know that character. I know that character. I know that character because they were the classic original characters that we grew up with. Um, So I enjoyed that. Um,
2: This whole it sounds like it's what everybody wanted from the first Transformer.
1: If if this was the original first Transformer movie, it would have been like the franchise would have been completely different. Oh my god! Yeah, this is this is the movie we we should have gotten. Right. You know, um, and so if they kind of like pick up from here and go forward, it would be wonderful. I don't think that's exactly how they're going to go do it, but
2: yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I've I heard about the, the 80 setting and, and it's gotten good word of mouth. I mean, it could, but you're saying it's not a, a very good movie. It could just be that the, the, uh, the, the threshold is so low for Transformers movies. Yeah, Well, that's <laughs> that, that.
1: the highest rating of any other Transformer movie. I looked at them and I said, you do realize that's yeah. a very low bar to shoot for. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> cool. So I'll, I'll wait for this one uh, once it starts streaming. I'll, I'll probably check yeah. it
1: out. Oh, and the other thing is because it's not directed by Michael Bay, I could actually understand what was going on during the action sequences. It was kind of weird.
2: that's that's such a that's such a common low blow now or not or you know shot at michael bay that it's just like yeah
1: that's that's what i hated about the first one like i can take the fact that i don't know who half these characters are i can take the fact that you're you're spoiler alert killing off jazz in the very first thing it was like okay so we're not gonna do characters that we know. We get Bumblebee who doesn't talk and Optimus Prime and that is and I don't under, I still don't understand why we can't have a Bumblebee that talks. But um, yeah. but then but then the action sequence would happen and I'm just like I don't understand what he, who's doing I don't what is going on? And so like after yeah, a while you just stop watching because it's just like I'm getting a headache and I
2: don't know what this is. Right, right. When when I started to see reviews for Bumblebee, that was constantly mentioned was just incoherent action scenes from the the, the Michael Bay movies. And I went back, I went to YouTube and just watched like one of the fight scenes from one of the first films just to be like, was it as bad? Was it really that bad? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like a a junkyard pile, like fighting and you're just like, what's, what's going on? (laughs) There's like things moving that don't need to move. And it's just like, what? Like it's transforming, but it just looks like a bunch of crystals that just kind of like shatter and like roll over. And suddenly it's kind of a, a, a robot. Yeah. Kind of.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the, the last thing that I'm going to talk about, I was going to go off. Well,
2: I'll do this quickly. Cause this is, this
1: is just, I think this is just geek culture and it's just something that I need to get over. But I told you the other day on uh, messenger that I was resisting, getting into a flame war on a Harry Potter site. Um, yeah. So, and I'm going to try and be very vague because I still have a dream that you're going to watch and read all of the, uh, Harry Potter series. So I don't want to ruin anything,
2: but I'm primed for it this week, man. Yeah.
1: Like I, I think this is the throw in the, the books and just enjoy them. Um, so I am on, I am a Hufflepuff and I am on a Hufflepuff pride Facebook page. And it's just you know people who love Harry Potter and feel like they are well defined by the the characteristics that are supposed to be in Hufflepuff, and uh, which is supposed to be you know very we're we're the we're the geeks of the Harry Potter school basically like that's the best way to wow. that's the best way to put it like we are <laughs> we're kind of the misfit toys we're like and and we're proud of it so I'm on this yeah. page and I. I post occasionally on there like little funny things I find and stuff. And I, I found a people, I I will try and do this in a way that people who do know Harry Potter know what I'm talking about, but it'll make sense to everybody. So I have issues with the way some of the characters ultimately name their children at the end of the series. (laughs) And, like it was just it was just like, okay, I, I feel like this this wasn't handled well. So I saw a meme that, that explained the naming of the children, and I said, I disagree with this. I think that this character would have said this to her husband and basically like, no, it will be this name or this name." And a, you know like I, I've got it up right now and it's got like 200 and some reactions to it, and they're like, low. oh yeah, it's a big group. And it, it was this a controversial um, opinion on your part? I didn't, I didn't think so. And I tried to I tried to <laughs> keep it light, and I tried to keep it fun. And I just didn't. I'm like I just I struggle that this character would have let her husband name the second child what they named her, uh, and. And I just, and I said kind of funnily, you know, she would have said this and tried to kind of capture her voice because she's a very strong character. Well, all of a sudden, I start getting these people saying that I have taken away her agency, that it was a, a, a joint decision, and that, um, and that she wouldn't have named them this if she didn't want to.
2: And I was like, <laughs> It Sounds like they're very very committed to that name.
1: (laughs) Well, well, it's just, I mean, it was, it was, that's fine. But they were more upset that I was like making it sound like this character was, um, was weak. Yeah. Controlled Controlled. or weak or didn't have any agency. And I went back and I'm like, that's not what I said. And that's where I was like, I wanted to step in and say, um, no, no, that, that's not what I meant, and that's not what I said. And then I thought, you know, and this is what I sent to you. You are not going to get into a flame war about what fictional characters <laughs> have named their fictional children at the end of, of a children's book series. Like, you're not going to do this. <laughs> then. And t- it's and then, <laughs> Oh, my God. So, this is I'm crazy. not going to do this. So then tell me how th- this person comes in and says i had no idea this group was just for character bashing i think as hufflepuffs we should have a bit more heart and keep stuff like this out of a supposedly positive group wow. and i'm like i've just been wow. huffle shamed <laughs> i'm like really and then another person in the group goes comes to my defense which i very much appreciate wouldn't necessarily call it bashing Um, you know, the initial post didn't seem like character bashing. And then this, this woman comes back and says, well, I thought it was, but Hey, I guess I expected too much from the group. And at this point, Ray, I'm like, I'm not like, I don't care. Like if you disagree with me, that's fine. I'm not defending, but you're telling me that I'm like writing stuff on a group that's inappropriate and the Hufflepuff in me is like, no, that's not that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I have to be friends with every everybody. What are, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is not no. So I wrote a response that was like, I'm very disappointed because this is not the way I intended this to go. Like I didn't I didn't say these things that people are saying I said. And then um and I said, I'm, I'm very I'm very disappointed that this is how it has all turned out because it was just meant to be a very fun post. That again, I would like to say for the people who avoid comments like we all should, has 225 positive reactions to um, So right. she finally says, post intent and what the post becomes can ultimately be two separate things. It definitely got misinterpreted and taken in directions you may not have intended it to be, which happens. The post in general just seemed a bit negative and spiraled from there. And at that point, I was just like, bitch, I'm done. <laughs> 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 I like, I just like at that point i was like i i feel a little bit like i know how people who say that they're constantly being told to be pc are feeling because i'm like i just posted something right. fun and silly and why did it all of a sudden have right. to become about fictional characters, about characters that are not right. Like this is just supposed to be fun. And I think that's why as I'm, I'm working it out with you. Cause I had to, I haven't had, I haven't talked to anybody about this, but it's been pissing me off for two
2: days. Yeah. Um, it's, it sounds like the, the, it sounds like don't fuck with our canon. That's what it sounds like. Don't fuck with, with the Canon story, you know, like this is what was written and we are all going to, we are all kind of jointly committed to supporting and, and justifying everything that was written. Right. And so you come along and call into question, like, you know oh maybe it would have been better if it was written like this and some fans are just not going to be able to handle that you know (laughs) like they're like you know what i mean like their devotion They're, they're not even devotion i would say it's like a need to 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 make the written word into like this gospel right like it's it's they don't they they can't even it's so fragile actually they can't even envision it another right. way as well well and that's joke. the
1: thing i mean like again at the end of the day and and why i wasn't going to go and jump in when people were like saying that i was mischaracterizing somebody like at the end of the day this this is such a not a not a, it's not it's a non thing like it it matters not in the grand scheme of the world or my life but i just felt like it was like this is what happens when fandoms go awry it's like, you know, this is supposed to be a group where people just kind of share their love for Harry Potter, and I threw something out that I thought would be fun, and you know, 225 other people said that they thought it was fun, but one person, and it's got to be one of those people. I, I I truly believe that it's one of those people who says I don't want to start drama, but hold my beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it was just kind of like. When you're when what you're saying is taken the wrong way and misinterpreted, it like riles you up. And so I I I we often talk about not feeding the trolls. And this was one time where it took every ounce of my. And I I, I don't do this very – I mean you know me. I'm usually like ah it doesn't bother me that's fine. But either I was just tired or you know. But I was just like
2: girlfriend. <laughs> It's also when it's like unexpected, you know, where it's like it's one thing to kind of make a, you know, I frequently make will make a post that be like, oh, that's going to that's going to bug some people. And so when it happens, I'm just like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm I'm not bothered by it. But when I feel like I'm making like a very like innocuous, like kind of, you know, post or suggestion or, or comment and it and it blows up, I'm just like, what the hell? Like, really, really? Yeah. So this sounds yeah. kind of we like just that, too. And I was just like, oh. Dude, that, it's so funny because, like, taking, you know, as as we invest so much into these geek properties that we're into and we get so passionate about them, and that's such a good mm-hmm. thing until mm-hmm. it's not. And then, and then it's really not. And then you're like, Whoa, okay. Where do we go off the, the the cliff here? But you know, the cliff is in different yeah. places for.
1: different Yeah. And I think for me, it was just kind of like, all right, this is, this is suggesting that it is time to find another one of my fandoms and indulge in that for a little bit, because I may be getting a little too invested <laughs> <a> little <laughs> in the Harry Potters and, and that fandom. Um,
2: Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be that. You don't
1: want to be that. I do want to be however, and I know we haven't even gotten (laughs) to Aquaman yet, but this would not be a DC movie film review. If we didn't go off on a huge Avengers tangent, (laughs) Um, Matt, our, our wonderful uh, listener who is as about as obsessed, I think with Avengers as we are, um, posted and I sent this to you on our, our slack a thing about Loki that Marvel updated and he said yeah, talking about Loki Marvel updated his bio on their website a little while ago to make not to make him not so bad and now adds this tidbit offering the God of mischief dominion over his brother's favorite realm Earth Thanos requested the tesseract in return. Gifted with a scepter that acted as a mind control device, Loki would be able to influence others. Unbeknownst to him, the scepter was also influencing him, fueling his hatred over his brother, Thor, and the inhabitants of Earth. So, um, (laughs) that's kind of a big
2: retcon, no? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I've actually read that they were... Planning to do that for a while. Is, is
1: this so that they can do the Loki series?
2: Um, I think, yeah, but I think it's also um, to set up his character going forward in general. I think even for um, the next Avengers film, because I, well, I, I don't think Loki's dead. I mean, obviously, obviously he's not dead if, you know, they're planning a series, but I mean, I think he's not dead even in the, in the context right. of like these films. Um I think he's coming back in the next film. And I think it's to set that up as well. I mean, they've been, you know, ever since he kind of, he, he was like one of, if not the most popular character immediately after yeah. the first Avengers movie came out. <laughs> like he was, he was more popular than like, a, you know, um, a lot of the well, Tom uh, the Piddleston actual events. has a huge
1: following and so like, i think i think if if we were <laughs> if i had thanos gauntlet, one of the things i would want to do just for for evil fun is pit him and the um uh doctor strange what's his name um benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, benedict uh yeah. their fans against each yeah. other like <laughs> go slap each other <laughs> <laughs> go
2: oh you're evil <laughs> um yeah so so i think you know this whole i mean they made him more like they've they've been working to make loki more likable mm-hmm. and less evil since then if you think about thor too you know he's briefly on the side of thor and then he double crosses him, and then definitely ragnarok he's you know again part of the team um you know leading up to to when thor takes him out there actually no he comes back He's see he's part of the yeah. like The good guys, you know, the last half of Thor Ragnarok. So I think this is something they've been working towards for a while. It doesn't surprise me that they would update his his, um, bio like that. But it is a big deal because it's like, okay, that's, you know, he is firmly now, like, not a a villain, like a straight ahead villain.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Like, well, it also tells us that he's definitely going to have parts, like, he's definitely not dead. Right. Totally. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I took us on all sorts of tangents. <laughs> 40 minutes in and we haven't even gotten to Aquaman yet. <laughs> that was good. That was good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't talked yeah. in a while. This always happens. Well, hol- in the
1: holidays, happens. we've, we've had more time to indulge in geeky stuff. So, all right. So we'll, we'll yeah, totally. go to a quick commercial break and we will come back and we will geek out about Aquaman.
0: I'm void. And I'm Beach,
1: And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate? Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while.
0: And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or
1: really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on
0: iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. And download our podcast today.
1: And we're back. And uh, in case we haven't made it very clear, we are doing a spoiler cast of Aquaman. So if you have not seen the movie, and you don't want to be spoiled, um, then then come back to us when you are are done with the movie. But <laughs> one spoiler alert that we all knew about. One spoiler that w- was that we will have. Uh, we did have a moist Jason Momoa.
2: So yes. Yes, that that uh, was there. My favorite, um, my favorite nickname for for Aquaman that I've that I've seen pop up on social media since the movie came out is a uh, Wet Thor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that quite a bit. That's
2: <laughs> Jason Momoa. He's Wet Thor. <laughs> um, I'm dying to know what you thought of this movie, Joe.
3: Um.
2: It was fun. It was fun. I think,
1: I think whoever is doing the world building for these movies, like, these movies should just not take place on mainland Earth. Like, I feel like we, we all want to see more of the Amazons on Amazon Island. Um, we all want to see, I think, more of the you know Atlantis but that was that was that was what kept me going through most of the movie it was a combination of the kind of cool world building they did under the under the sea mm-hmm. and um and the fact that like love him or hate him Jason Momoa is just a charismatic watchable
2: actor yes yes he was born to play a superhero yeah yeah totally um i don't know i don't know if you know this might explain a lot but um there's there's no grand world building plan or scheme for for the dc universe over at warner's you know that right no yes (laughs) really i I, i'm sure if you could see my face the
1: shock on my face right now right (laughs)
2: Yes. Um, I've, I've read, <laughs> I have read multiple interviews with James Wan, the director of Aquaman, and he has stated multiple times um, they, they let me do what I want. He said they they came. He's like they, they came to me. They, they wanted me to pitch, a, you know, a, a DC movie. He's like, I, I chose Aquaman because of the because of the opportunity that it gave me for world building it's something i haven't quite done yet they basically you know it came down to either flash or aquaman and he said i feel like flash has kind of been explored a bit more plus the main mm-hmm. story takes place on earth you know in a, in, a, in a city and and that didn't present as many kind of new opportunities to create a world as aquaman which is a, is a considered a joke character for a long time? And, you know, we, we don't really know anything about Atlantis yet. So he's like, that's why I went with Aquaman, because it gave me the most opportunity to just create a whole new world and just a whole mythos and everything. And he's like, I I, I created my pitch. I basically went in. I told him this is a story that I want to tell. And they said, go for it. And I pretty much was left alone. That's that's kind of crazy.
1: Like I well, just the fact that we're sitting here talking positively about an Aquaman movie. Because again, like he's right. This is a this is has been for a very long time considered a joke character.
2: Yeah, he talks to like, fish. That's his power. Yeah, he talks to fish. Yeah.
1: And and so how how how, Ray, <laughs> in twenty nineteen are we talking about a a good Decent Aquaman. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't Man. understand.
2: I think that's they can't do so- Superman and Batman, right? But right. they can do Aqu- I don't understand. <laughs> that's what makes me so giddy and in love with this movie, though. Is the is what you just said? Just the simple fact that we're talking about uh a good Aquaman movie, like a badass Aquaman, like that yeah. alone makes me so happy that I think I was just. On board. Once I, you know, uh-huh, in the uh-huh. first five minutes, right? Which, um, w- w- when Nicole Kidman is just like kicking all sorts of ass, like j- that fight alone, I was like, yes, like yes, like it. it the, I understood what was happening in the fight choreography, and she just was cool, and like the costumes were like weird and cool, and like. But like cool, you know what this movie is to me? It's a it's a B action movie with a with a tent pool action movie's budget. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like they
1: they embraced the silly. They didn't mind. Like we saw. I was like the first time he put his because I I didn't watch a lot of previews and and thinking back, I think it was in the previews, but. Um, when he put his hand against the glass and like the waves, the, (laughs) the, the circular waves go out. And I'm like, he went there. Like he actually went there. And I'm like, (laughs) like, I was sure that we were not going to see circular waves. We were going to see him go, come on guys. You know, like an arm movement. And then all the fish were going to like, right. No, he, he leaned into super friends, Aquaman. Yeah. And, um, And the fact that, I love the fact that Black Manta is putting together his, his helmet and it explodes. He's like, gonna, gonna need
2: a bigger helmet. i was like yes yeah. that makes sense <laughs> that's why he has such a big ass fucking helmet
1: <laughs> and we're just gonna lean into it but th- but yeah. you know how people lean in like like you can lean into the wrong things and just make it campy they didn't make it campy they right. made it justified and cool and yeah you know yeah. like this Oh man. Black Manta was intimidating. Like yeah. it was a cool character.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah, I watched it a second time before uh, before we recorded this podcast, and uh, yeah, I, I realized how easily Batman and Robin could happen. Yes. Because this movie, Aquaman just man, it skirts that fine line. Like it could have easily tipped over into fucking bat nipples. Like, <laughs> easily easily you could have had aqua aqua nipples right <laughs> This is I holy think, metal Batman yes oh my god it's that tone it's that tone but but not but like but the good version of that yeah um and I think a lot of it has to do as you said with with just the the charisma of of not only Jason Momoa I think all the actors did a good job um yeah yeah, I was surprised at who now, was in this movie. Yeah, I was. Well, and
1: here's here's my question: Did they tone? Because I'm colorblind, so you're gonna have to help me out here. Did they tone down the red in, um, I forget her name, Mara. But the yeah, did they did they tone down the red in her hair? No.
2: From the previews, no. So it was still, so it was still crazy red, and we just crazy, you know, shocking bright red. But within the context of the movie, it didn't stand out. No, it didn't stand because in the preview, I'm like, oh my god, he's talking to Ariel. Yes, hundred percent. I think he calls her Ariel at one point. Is like is like a, like a side, like a quip, like, okay, Ariel. yeah, like, yeah, no, they leaned into it, man. They just went for it. I love that. I love you know. That's the thing is like I might walk away from a film just disappointed in the story or or not liking it. But if it was Mm -hmm. if it was a home run swing, I will at least respect it. I will say, you know what? They went like Venom, you know, they went for Uh it. They knew what kind of movie they wanted to make. They went for it. It wasn't my cup of tea necessarily. But I really respect the hell out of the fact that they just said we're making a fucking 90s ass douche superhero movie you know and they did yeah congrats to them um i i'm a big fan of james Wan. um i root for him you know i like that he he dips into different genres and does well and does his thing and so you know i thought it was a really cool choice to have him do aquaman so i was already kind of like all right you know rooting for the movie for multiple reasons obviously being a you know a a comic book fan is another reason um and yeah so so it, it it's to- I, I think it does veer a little bit campy in moments, and you know, th- to me that was the stuff that I was I think tested my goodwill towards this film the most. But in the end, I was okay with it. It was like okay, that's you know I I understand why that's there, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you know James Wan films, I mean, this is the guy who directed you know Fast and the Furious Seven or whatever, you know. So it's like, that's, if you've ever seen any of those movies or, or even parts of those movies, that's, to me, that was the whole, the whole, uh, uh, um, part where they, they're like all of a sudden in a, in a Italian Mentos commercial walking through and like people are laughing and grinning like idiots for no reason in the bright sunshine. Like, That's James Wan.
3: That's
2: totally (laughs) Like now we're gonna go to this sexy location with this really cheesy pop song, you know, kind of blaring over the the fucking score. (laughs) That's one. That's one thing that they need. I felt like they needed to lean
1: into a little bit more. Was the um, like every once in a while you get this twang of eighties music. Yes, and it was like, can we just like. I I felt like it needed to just kind of be the music like it just needed the tone (laughs) of the music or it needed to be used in consistently in the same areas or locations, because the problem was, is, is that it was cool for what the effect it was trying to create but yeah. it took me out yeah. of it every time it happened it was like well there's a power chord from the 80s like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was very like i i i wish that i wish that it had kind of any time that they were in atlantis the music was kind of 80s synth yeah. like that
2: I that like would have been i would have been fine with that they had a little bit of that but i would have been happy with more of it yeah, they needed to it, lean into that hard. Yeah, yeah. It it in moments it kind of reminded me of the score from Drive. I don't know if you saw that Ryan Gosling film, that like mm-hmm. super violent, weird uh, movie that I really like. But it kind of reminded me of that of that score in in moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, yeah, I wish they had leaned into that more. I mean, this is this is an an eighties you know direct video B action movie at its core, I think that's the spirit of this movie and then they just fucking cranked that up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> the effects, the digital effects and you know the the I mean it's got Dolph Lundgren in it for God's sake. When I
1: I, see- I didn't realize that that's who it was and then <laughs> I just pulled up the I am that was the next thing I was going to say Dolph Lundgren was in this. I didn't realize that he was but oh, that was I got him.
2: so happy I got so happy when I saw him on screen. I had no idea. Apparently they had all these character posters out and stuff so it was you know he was part of the marketing that he was one of these characters. He has his own character poster. But well, I, I'm going
1: I, through I'm going through and I was like I didn't realize that like since
2: since 2012. <laughs> yeah Dolph Lundgren has been working consistently. Yeah yeah, he has. He's been cropping up here and there. So I was really happy when I saw him. I was like, "Yes, this I love this movie more and more. Like it's <laughs> great. They brought out Dolph. Like that's awesome." And that's I mean, you know, I grew up watching, you know, Van Damme, you know, action movies, kung fu movies or whatever in the 80s and, you know, Universal Soldier and and like all that stuff, all that cheesy, like bad like 80s action stuff and to me this Like it, um, that was this movie's in the spirit of that stuff. So and so that to me that made Black Manta make more sense as well Mm
3: -hmm. because
2: that whole take on that character. Sometimes it did feel like, oh, this character is like in a different movie, you know. But a little bit, yeah. But when it comes into play in the main story, it fits and it actually adds to it. Um, I made a note that. Uh, where I made a note here towards the end of of my list saying, um Wesley Snipes would have killed it as Black Manta if this movie was made in a different <laughs> time. Yes, Dude, yes. Oh Wesley my God! Snipes yes, would have killed it. He would have been so great as Black Manta <laughs> in a different decade. Oh my God!
1: You're so right. Yeah, it was. It was. I guess the best way to put it was just kind of comfortable. Like it was a movie that it didn't have a lot of surprises. It didn't have a lot of moments where like, I was like, Oh, I didn't expect that. Like it it was just good. Like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't
2: completely a, a home. I don't think it was a complete home run, but but they got on base. Oh yeah, for sure. It's imperfect. There are there are problems. But you know what? If you're sitting there wondering why these Atlanteans that can that can shoot through the water like Superman flying through the sky uh uh-huh. And you're sitting there wondering why they're riding seahorses and sharks and shit, then you're watching the wrong movie. Then you're just Yeah. Like yeah. you're not like what are you doing? Like, you know, like you, you you forget it. This movie's not gonna work for you.
1: Now I do have to say, because he very rarely weighs in on our um on our conversations, but I'm sitting here going, you know, it was a good movie, it was everything. My husband just stands up on his side of the desk and mouths to me,
2: but it was no bumblebee. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, uh, God, there's so um, I want to say I'm. I was really happy that the story moves. Yeah, it does. They don't waste any time. I mean, no. it starts with the parents, which I thought the parents were a great emotional linchpin to this movie. They were they were like the the, the bookend of the whole story, which I thought was a really good choice. Yeah. Um, and literally dude, like what, uh, Nicole Kidman, you know, her character at Atlanta shows up Mm -hmm. within the first minute. And then two minutes later, awesome battle scene. Like she's throwing her trident. She's like flip kicking and like, like just sending like, like bad guys through walls and shit. Like that was just really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, and
1: and his his father was just adorable. Like, yeah. I just wanted to go up and give him a hug.
2: Yeah. So that that actor actually, uh, Jason Momoa, fought to have him cast in that role. He was. He, I I read a uh, um an article. I've read multiple articles about this movie already, but um, that where where he said like he he was he was. Dead set on that character that actor's name's uh Tamura Morrison he was dead set on him playing his father playing that role so that's pretty
1: cool yeah yeah no it was like he he was excellent
2: yeah I'll, I'm gonna come back I'm gonna circle back around to this when I start talking about the the things that I that I didn't like about the film but um yeah he was excellent in that role um yeah I just I don't know something about superhero fights at this point Joe where I'm just like you, you better do something cool. You know like we're we're at a point now where you can't just throw basic action out there I feel like it the the story has to be there and or the the actual choreography has to feel interesting brutal you know what I mean i I thought right. I thought there's certain movies like like I feel like the action and the and the fight scenes in um Captain America Civil, not Civil War, um, Winter Soldier, was like a step up. Like, I remember that. Uh-huh. I remember the opening fight scene going, oh, shit, they did their homework. Like, they're – you could. I feel like you can tell when a creative team is, like, putting, you know, extra care into the fight scenes and saying, hey, we got to make these characters look cool and look like the comics when they're fighting.
1: Right. Well, I mean, it's like it took us until X-Men 3 to get a fastball special.
2: Yeah, like,
1: totally. Exactly. Like that's like but you like those are the things that like not that you should be just doing fan service, but it's that kind of stuff that people are are waiting to see. We want to see the fun interaction of different people's powers. I mean, that's why like a lot of people are like, well, you know, Civil War is good, but it's not amazing. Like I could just sit and watch the the battle scenes.
2: Yeah. All yeah. day.
1: Like that's all, like if I just watched the battle scenes, I would be Fine. And And I I honestly like Age of um, Ultron for the same reason is because you get to see new cool powers and they, you know, now we're taking a superhero and putting him underwater and making him
2: fight. Yes. yes. We're at the point now where you shouldn't be sitting there in a superhero movie going, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if that character did that? Like they should be doing it. You know, (laughs) I feel like that was a lot of Aquaman. Like, wouldn't it be crazy if he like rides a fucking kaiju into the final battle. Holy <laughs> shit! He's riding the fucking kaiju <laughs> into the final battle. Like that's that's how this movie was to me. Like it just played like that. You know? I just had my popcorn and, and my my Coke and I was like, let's go. Um, yeah,
1: there's some like massive like <laughs> cthulhu stuff going
2: on here i'm like are we actually going like yeah lovecraftian it's with so, some of this yes dude it's so weird how like with wonder woman the same shit from some of my favorite stuff was the amazon stuff the, the, like uh, you know on um, themiscira like i didn't want that movie to leave that island because it was all so fucking cool and yeah. i feel the, the same thing with aquaman that's man dc has a they've got an opportunity, you know? Like, they... I I have a note here that just says, great DC history. Like, yes, yes, Marvel has... Marvel's uh, universe has a history, and, you know, we're learning more about it as we go, and obviously, you know, they're going back now, and they're, like, setting, you know, Captain Marvel in the 90s, and you see, like, we, we, we've seen the early days of S.H.I.E.L.D. and how, like, all of this has been mm-hmm. set up over the years. But DC has this, like epic like almost i want to say like lord of the rings like middle earth type of history to it right where it was like all of these civilizations that were all like you know uh, uh, a part of the world and then like these epic battles that have taken place and that is so fucking cool like that is some of my favorite dc movie stuff yeah well and that's
1: why i'm like we loved we loved the amazon portions of of Wonder Woman. We love the Atlantis portions of Aquaman. It's like this is what they're doing well, so lean into it. Yeah. Like, what else can we do in this genre? And I still say, and I don't think they're going to do this, and I think this is why they're they need to get themselves back together. They're, they're allowing their they have the potential for a bunch of bad guys to stick around. Like, mm-hmm. again, spoiler alert, they,
2: they did not kill off completely um, Black Manta, Manta, which is a great choice because they they put a lot of effort up front in the beginning of the movie to set him up almost like a second protagonist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. Like they they really, you know, took their time to to make that character substantial.
1: And we will know if they're going in this direction if they don't kill off Cheetah at the end of wonder woman oh god that makes me i'm telling god, you the way if they want to get themselves back in this
2: game we need a legion of doom yeah that's so true that's i think they might know that too i mean they do have jeff johns you know kind of pitching in a lot of the story stuff um i think i think that they and i say they but really uh, james Wan. If for the I mean, I follow directors. Uh you know, I'm sure everyone knows James Wan's pedigree. He he directed he's he's a big time horror movie director. He's directed The Conjuring One and Two. He directed Saw. Like James Wan is the yeah. Saw guy, you know? Um, but he also does, you know, action movies like um you know, fast, fast and the Furious. I think it was seven. I, I got to get that right, like just to, to know exactly. I think it was, was it Furious five? I don't know. But, um,
1: um I'm just, not to, not to ruin his track record, but he also did an episode of
2: MacGyver. <laughs> I mean, depending on where you fall on that, I feel like. Probably
1: a good, that's probably awesome. a good episode
2: of MacGyver. <laughs> that's kind of cool, actually, that he's done an episode of MacGyver. Um, yeah, you know. As a director, I, I love that he. You could see if if you know his work, if you if you know his his catalog. For me, a lot of that stuff came through in in Aquaman. That whole sequence with uh when they go to the the trench, um
3: mm-hmm.
2: I can't remember which kingdom of the seven kingdoms uh uh, uh of uh, of Atlantis that was think they were the 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 lost or something like that but that was cool i mean that was like all of a sudden we were in a horror movie with like these crazy like demonic creatures like attacking uh one uh aquaman and and Mera, and yeah and, and
1: we could see what was happening it's dark <laughs> we're in the middle of the darkest part of this of the ocean and yet we can still see what's going on in the action yeah instance. yeah
2: totally <laughs> yeah he's he's just really good at kind of like building the tone of this of the scene that he wants to build and setting up you know whether it's suspense or or horror or whatever uh i think he's really good at that um uh, I, I love the, uh, going back to the world building, the fact that they were like, these are the seven, these are the seven kingdoms, you know, this is the seven seas. And, you know, at, when everyone, when all the seven kingdoms were united, Atlantis was like, ruled the world, right? Like it was the yeah, most yeah. advanced civilization of the surface world, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then, you know, they fell into the, into the deep and then they all kind of split up. Uh, it's just, that's just such a cool, there's so much room there for storytelling going forward, right? To build. Now this this
1: is probably, yeah,
2: this is probably a
1: Rob question, but do you know if this is the way the, um, story is told in the comics? Like, is there a whole thing about the seven kingdoms of Atlantis? I have no idea.
2: I have no idea. Um, but yeah, that would, I'd be interested to know that as well. Um, I've got, God, I got so many notes here. They're all over the place. Um, I do feel, uh, you know, it's funny. I have a whole list of notes, and about every ten or twelve lines, I have another line that says "Black Manta is a badass."
3: <laughs> like every time he shows
2: up, Black Manta is a badass. I do have one note here that says that they kind of, um, they kind of set him up to be a Boba Fett type, which I thought was cool. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, he's a pirate, and he, he, as far as I know, he's always been a pirate. So yeah, I think that's kind of, yeah,
2: yeah. you know, I like when they're, they're true to the character. Yeah. Um that um that big action scene that he was part of uh towards the end the the, the rooftop chase and battle that was really cool uh that was really yeah cool. and then uh, going back to the action what stood out to me about that scene was the way the characters were fighting and falling and reacting to what was going on felt like you could feel it like it didn't feel fake you know there's right. one shot where Mara is is running on a roof and an explosion happens right behind her. And she not only goes flying off the roof, but she's like somersaulting, like flipping. And then she mm-hmm. hits part of another roof. And then it like shoots her somersaulting in the opposite direction. It just feels brutal. And you're just like, that's what a movie like this needs. Because if it if it starts to feel too fake, then the whole thing falls apart like a stack, like, like a house of cards, you know?
1: That that entire sequence, I was sitting there going, "These poor people's houses, like it, like I, I, you know, you know, it's fake and everything." But you're just sitting there going, "Cause the setting is so, I mean, they're in Italy, yeah, and it's so very
2: authentic."
1: I'm just sitting there going, "Oh my god, the amount of damage this
2: battle scene is doing." Yeah, totally. Um, were you so were, you were not as taken out by some of the cheesy scenes as I was? I mean, what was your take? What was your reaction to those?
1: Um. There was a lot of times, and I think Matt said this when we got out of the movie because he always kind of like. So, what did you think? Um. There were there were moments when you were like, "Well, this is also you know meant for kids," and I think that those were the the moments that I kind of just went. But that that one was for the kids. Oh, okay. Like the guy putting his the guy putting his head in the toilet. Like <laughs> yeah yeah. That, that was for the kids, like you know, and so it's, you know, they've got to break up. I saw him breaking. I thought when he broke up the kind of silly stuff, like it, it wasn't overdone, and they didn't linger on it. Sometimes they linger on things, and you're like, okay, we can move past this. But they were just like, all right, it's
2: done, and we moved on. Right, right. Um, yeah, there was there was a few of those. I just want to go over real quick. Um, Mera playing the flute on the on the on the boat. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like they really did that. Um, uh, oh, when she <laughs> okay, so w- when she bites into the the rose, because they, <laughs> like that's a real aerial, like you know, combing her hair with a fork kind of scene. Yeah, and I'm thinking, but but before that, right? Patrick Wilson's character, um, Ocean Master or King, uh, I can't remember, King Orm, um, is, is talking to Aquaman, is giving his villain speech, his monologue, and he's talking about how the surface world has like destroyed the oceans or, or is working towards that. And you're seeing like projected into the room, like all these scenes, these television from, from television, right? Of like all this destruction. And I'm like, wait. They can they can watch surface television like they're aware of it. Yeah, oh, they totally. Atlantis at least gets basic. Like cable. they know, and, and even before that, they Atlantis was a surface civilization. They've seen fucking flowers, like they <laughs> like they know not to eat that. Like that was so. That took me right out. I was like, oh my god.
1: Well, <laughs> do do I do I be the guy who justifies? Because I can no prize anything. Please. Because I mean, if you think about it, like fish, like everything in the sea, to fish for the most part is edible. If it's a plant, you eat it. Yeah. Like, so you know, you can you can kind of go from that direction
2: if you really want to no prize it. <laughs> that was that that scene is right after um, the whole desert sequence, which I actually liked. It seemed that was a little like uh, like where the, once the music starts doing that Spielberg kind of like jump like boom 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 like all that like you yeah. know, like slapsticky <laughs> like okay like i don't know if you're spielberg directing indiana jones i feel like you can get away with it but after that it's like uh you know you don't want to go into brendan Fraser and the mummy fucking territory
1: <laughs> so so when so when they do the whole, oh, we need moisture, and she does the voodoo and pulls the moisture off his forehead and puts it onto the little device and everything, yeah. and then after it all does his thing, he's like, we could have just peed on it. And my
2: husband goes, yes, that's what I <laughs> That cracked me up. That line was great. <laughs> yeah, that totally cracked. And you know what? Man, they made such a smart choice of having Momoa basically playing himself. Oh,
1: well, I you know what? I don't think it would – like I don't think we would have taken –
2: I don't think I can take a serious Jason Momoa seriously. Yeah. yeah, He's like, I'm like, Oh, I follow Jason Momoa on Instagram. Like he's sticking out his tongue and drinking a lot of whipping his hair around. Like that's pretty much like that's, that's what they have him doing in the movie. They're smart. Like, you know, they, they understand his range.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I have a, I have a friend who's worked at Warner brothers for the last couple of months. Uh, He's subbed in for a friend of his that was on maternity leave And, uh, he, he said that he was a wonderful, wonderful person to work with, according to everybody on, on set, but, but he was definitely quirky. Like he, he definitely, he definitely
2: got to the Guinness pretty early in the morning. (laughs) That totally makes sense. Um, yeah, we were talking about how, how right he is for a role like this and he's been trying, you know, um, I was excited when he was announced as the new Conan in the new Conan the barbarian movie that came out years ago. uh, And it turned out Mm -hmm. being a terrible movie, but I thought like visually they got the right person for that role. Um, Obviously, you know, he has a lot of fans from game of Thrones and, and being um, the Dothraki King in in that um, series, but he didn't really do a lot of talking and, you know, spoilers doesn't stick around for, too long so um this i I was apparently he was big on surprise surprise stargate
1: atlantis like i never watched it but apparently he did like a full like his character was on there for like three years that
2: was the that was the showtime series based on the movie right stargate
1: Uh uh-huh but it was like the second or third spin-off oh wow okay yeah i didn't
2: know that um but yeah i was really happy to see him like crushing this character like it aquaman is like that's jason momoa's take i i love it actually uh and it's different i feel like it's 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 not quite exactly what we've seen in the comics so far you know no um well there was there was i I don't again i don't know i don't know aquaman that well
1: but i do know that there was the whole long hair uh trident or or, or harpoon hand yeah
2: yeah but he was still real though You know, he was still like, uh, it was a sophisticated, it was a, he had been king. And, and then, you know, this whole downfall happened after the death of Superman, DC was keen on like taking down all of their main characters. So like Batman got his back broken by Bane, Uh, Green Lantern went insane and and destroyed his city and turned into Parallax. Um, Can't remember what happened with the Flash. But I know that Aquaman, that was when he kind of lost the throne and became this fucking like badass with, as you said, with the harpoon hand and a a goatee and and long hair. But he was the character was was not, you know, this hard drinking, rugged kind of rough around the edges, you know, vagabond or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, Um, gotcha. Yeah. But but I mean, just looking at Jason Momoa and and Amber Heard, there's scenes of them. Walking out of the ocean, you're just like, my God, that's a beautiful couple. Like Jesus, yeah, yeah, <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, we'll just watch them for two hours, no problem. um okay, and, and and I mean, like we keep saying
1: things that we're just like, how in the hell did they pull this off? I'm looking at stills on IMDb. How in the hell did they pull off the orange and green costume? Yeah, they
3: did. They did. Yes, they did. They
2: totally did. It was a fucking genius move to make that uh his 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 royal armor
1: yeah Such they, a great idea. They, you saw you saw versions of it f- all throughout the movie yeah and it, and it changes for him you know it's very different for him
2: but yeah. But you saw hints of it, so you were ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. Other characters, like King Orm, also had that kind of like scale, like chainmail kind of armor. It just wasn't mm-hmm. as pronounced, but it was there. You're right. It was there through the whole film. Uh, and everyone kind of had their own take on it. Um, yeah, how did they, man, they, it just looks, and he looks great in it too, that whole reveal. I just love how, how they just lean into those dramatic moments, right? Like, I think yeah. when, when he shows up to the submarine in the beginning, um, there's like no less than three like shots where everything stops. The music cranks up to this badass like, meow, and then it's just like a like a sl- like a slow motion close up into Jason Momoa's face as he's like yeah. giving some like badass look or whatever. They just kept doing that over and over again. It was like, okay, we get it. Yeah, like this guy's a badass. Like everything he does is amazing. Okay, we're on board. Um, they just leaned into it, and so the reveal at the end with him in the armor and he comes out and he's holding up that that trident. I mean, it just looks awesome. Yeah.
1: Sharks <laughs> we got sharks with lasers. We did get sharks with lasers.
2: Yeah, we did. Um god. That whole final scene, that whole final battle is just like it's got everything. It's, got, it's it it kind of reminded me the second time of like Lord of the Rings. Like Yeah, well it was very like it, it, this was very much a like
1: it combined elements of fantasy with, with kind of futurism and comic books, you know, classic comic book heroes stuff. like it, it did a lot and yeah. I did it like, I don't know. Again, I don't know that it knocked it out of the ballpark on every level, but it did it well enough and it integrated it well enough that it was just overall an enjoyable, it was an enjoyable romp.
2: I think they also learned a lot from um, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, because and this is something this is a, this is a, a bigger uh, conversation around Marvel and DC that I want to talk to you about. But I think tone is so important to these movies. And I mm-hmm. think the thing that Marvel um, has has. The thing that they have that, that, that I think has helped them more than anything is that very early on, they figured out the tone that they were aiming for. And I think yeah. that DC's biggest setback time and again is they haven't figured out the tone that they're aiming for yet. Every movie feels a little bit different. And like, if you look at Marvel, like they, did, they, they, they knew it. They knew what it looked like from Iron Man. Mm-hmm. They didn't always get it right after that, but they knew what they were aiming for. Well, and they changed, they changed genre in their movies. They didn't change tone exactly exactly and if you look at those first two thor movies they 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 were trying to figure out how they were gonna fit thor into that tone and it Mm -hmm. wasn't until thor ragnarok that it locked into place and i think uh you know guardians of the galaxy has has a lot uh is owed a lot for that um and with with dc it's just it's all over the place man and and it's good and bad obviously it's been mostly bad so far uh and it's why their movies seem so disjointed and just like, you know, not enjoyable and it's not coming together. But I feel like with Aquaman like they have a really big opportunity to say okay, like we can go with this. Like they're not ashamed of the property. You know, they're not ashamed of the silliness of it all. Um yeah. And and I think that's that's, you know, if you're a DC fan, this is movie has to give you hope. Yeah, <laughs>
1: going forward. Yeah, well, as As we said in our last episode, you see something like this, and you're like okay okay we've got we've got Wonder Woman we got Aquaman we got two we we've 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 got five more to figure out,
3: yeah
1: <laughs> and we can have our big we can have our big seven so yeah. um and then you you look down at twenty nineteen and at the end, just sitting there laughing maniacally is the joker <laughs> movie." And you're like, oh dear God, <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: great. That's so ominous.
1: Oh I mean, like, isn't it? Like, I feel, I feel like that movie, like the character, is just perched at the end of 2019, <laughs> waiting.
2: <laughs> that's great. That just makes me think <laughs> of, um, of Ready Player One, that that huge, um, uh, obstacle course race thing. And uh-huh. at, the, at the end Kong is just waiting for you. Like no matter what you're not going to get through, like Kong is going to come out of nowhere and just smash anyone that gets close to the end. Yeah. The end. Um, <laughs> except, except now it's, it's Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, like I forgot it was Joaquin Phoenix. That just added another layer of
3: care. Yeah, to yeah,
2: totally. Totally. Oh. I got, I, I got a, a bunch more notes here. I want to whip through really quickly. Um, okay. I, I thought, uh, Going back to the beginning at the uh, Nicole Kidman's character, at Atlanta, I think the agency that, that she showed in the beginning was awesome because it was the it was the, the the man who was kind of like, you know, with the kid kind of cowering while she handled business. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought the the bully scene in, in the in the aquarium that you talked about was really cliche. Um, and I I wondered why they did, it comes back later in the movie and I get what they were setting up, but that was a pretty cliche scene. I also thought it was kind of an odd choice that Aquaman was going to be saving a Russian sub. I was like, that's okay. Like that's weird. Um, but again, I think that fits in with that whole like eighties cold war era, like B movie vibe. Like, of course you got to throw some Russians in there somewhere. Uh, well, and at this point, like,
1: the only people in in movies that have subs are russians
2: like they have <laughs> them they also they're the only ones. <laughs> also i loved uh in the bar scene afterwards um which i thought it was a great twist on a bar a bar fight scene the guys come up to him and go are you that are you that <laughs> yeah goes, can i get a picture <laughs> That was a good twist that was good um but on the on the tv they're watching the news afterwards and they're like the the news is like the stealth submarine that the highly classified stealth submarine that was stolen from the and i'm like wait what why <laughs> if it's highly classified <laughs> yeah. why are you telling everyone about it what the hell um i thought that it was a great choice to set this after justice league and not try to make this another prequel type thing right and yeah, no, absolutely. They paid um, off of what happened there a little bit, you know, and I think it set things up nicely for this whole, you know, I don't want to be king sort of thing.
1: So who's the who's the, the guy who, at the end with Manta? Like yeah. who who is he and is he a character from the comics that I should know?
2: Yeah, I wonder that too. I don't know I don't know if he is a character from the comics. I'm assuming he is um you're talking about the talking head scientist played by randall park um, yeah and he plays a character named uh, dr Stephen something um yeah i don't know i didn't recognize but i i knew that that was going to be an important character just because sometimes when they choose a certain actor to play a, a role that's supposed to be like a bit thing and you're like oh that actor is too like popular and and well-known to be playing like a talking head. That's not, we're not going to see again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, he's
1: got got a a marginally sized. uh, um, He's a Marine biologist who is a friend of Tom Curry and a younger Arthur Curry. mm, He has more knowledge of Atlantis than any other surface dweller. Although he helped Arthur develop his powers, he turned on him because he wouldn't reveal the location of Atlantis to him what's his
2: name in the comics Steven Chin Steven Chin oh okay um yeah that was one of those things where if you know you're paying attention you're like oh that that guy's gonna come back um yeah. I don't he seemed like he was in a different movie too though at the end he seemed kind of uh a, a little uh uh Jim Carrey Riddler <laughs> kind of vibe from him like what is he yeah. doing like he's yeah. really making some big choices there <laughs> Uh, let's see what else oh so for me the the biggest missed opportunity for me in this in this movie the thing that i was kind of most bummed about um is that the atlantans are all white people yes we we talked about that on the way out yeah that seemed kind oh you and you and matt talked about that yeah we did Uh, Yeah, that seemed kind of an odd choice to me, um, especially given what was kind of uh, uh, presented by Zack Snyder when um, Jason Momoa was originally cast, because I was a huge fan of of their take on Aquaman, specifically uh, in how they were relating this character and Jason Momoa playing this character to Polynesian culture. Right, mm-hmm. and and it made so much. It was such a no brainer. I thought, oh my God, yes, because you know Polynesian culture has so much to do. That life has so much to do with water and the relationship to water. That it's like, of course, like of course, you know, Aquaman would be Polynesian or or Atlanteans or you know, there would be some connection there. Um, right, but they went a totally different way with it, where you know he's only. Brown because his father happens to be this light keeper who happens to be Polynesian, right? Like it's just like yeah, it's yeah. Just, and then they spend the rest of the movie calling him a half breed, and you're just like, oh, oh, and and that goes
1: in 2018. Are we like, is this a term that we're just throwing around? That like, right. Right. He, he, like he, he was very unsettled. I was unsettled by it too, but he was very unsettled by that term being used over and over again.
2: Yeah, I just think like how powerful it could have been to have all of Atlantis be, uh, uh be uh populated by Polynesians. That would yeah. have been amazing. You know what I mean? And that would have added so much more to that to that whole civilization or whatever. It would have connected it to the surface world. It, But I just I don't know that was just kind of like oh man like I tried to put that out of my brain so that I could enjoy the movie Um, but I feel like what a huge missed opportunity there like yeah especially especially on the heels of Wakanda yeah exactly yeah absolutely it 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 could have been a a a, you know um what 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 um Black Panther was to you know African countries right and culture yeah. um you know the representation that that like how important that was and how what a what a huge deal that was just like in in terms of like popular culture and uh how people reacted to that story yeah i feel like damn this this could have been you know they could have at least tried for something like that um but yeah that was weird to me it's like oh okay so just like Lily White, like pale. Like what? I mean, I guess it makes sense because they're underwater. they under the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but they didn't even like say. I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to stay away from the whole thing. But there was definite choice casting choices made. You look at Dolph Lundgren. You look at Patrick Wilson. You look at Nicole Kidman. It's like they're not. Just William white. Defoe. They're William Defoe. Yeah, they're not just white. They're you know. <laughs> They're they're pale, so they're they're blonde white. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was yeah, I was like, oh, I was kinda surprised by that take. Um but I'm glad that it wasn't just me. You're saying you and you and Matt kind of mentioned that or or Yeah, we like like,
1: well that and I mean I don't know if they were, were trying to go for a Somali pirate thing, but then, you know, all of Right you know, all the bad guys in
2: that case are all black yes, so yes i thought about that as well um and maybe that was to set up the name black manta i don't know but yeah it's just uh you know like <laughs> okay depends on the well, history and that, of that character in the comics i guess
1: well the 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 actual credit is just manta so oh really
2: yeah oh that's interesting yeah i just i just looked that up Huh. That's funny. I'm looking at the Google cast and it says black Manta. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh?
1: Yeah. No, on IMDB, it's just Manta.
2: They're trying to like hedge their bets there. He does refer to himself as black Manta. Does he? Yeah. In the movie, he does. Okay. Yeah. I was looking for that. Um, I thought that they, I really liked the little kind of, wink and a nod that they gave to the border of uh atlantis when uh she's 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 talking about you know all the all the 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 um extremes they go to to like setting up this border they they actually go through customs Uh (laughs) Uh customs and border patrol and he's like what like why and she goes oh people try to sneak in all the time and he's like And like Aquaman like doesn't buy it. He's like, Yeah, right. Like sure they do. And I know that part of that obviously was to set up the whole escape scene after the, 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 the fight, right? The first fight between um King Orm and Aquaman where where she kinda rescues them and they have to go up the wall and They have to go them. over the seawall. Yes, yes, and those yes. lasers and whatnot. So but still I'm like, Oh god, please go back to that. Like please like in part two, like please include a critique of like this whole like how the civilization is set up. You know what I mean? That would be so And cool. that's something I really like
1: I could just sit and watch like Atlantis. Like I felt like there was so much so much world building went into that that it was like I wanna see what a daily life of an Atlantean is
2: because yeah. this is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Um I think the 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 crowd shots really did that too for me where they're in the, in the stadium or the whole, having the gladiator battle. And there was some really funny shots of the crowd where they were just like cheering and going nuts for the fight. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, this is a whole civilization. Like, these <laughs> like, there's, you know what I mean? Like you could just get lost in like a day of the life of, of a Lannian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They pulled off the underwater effects pretty successfully. How did you feel about the hair moving and and all that stuff because I know people were like how are they gonna talk to each other and James Wan is just like they're just gonna fucking talk to each other
1: yeah why like and that's the thing you don't have to always science out every
2: it's it's a comic book people it's not real <laughs> yeah yeah people people were worried because the scene in Justice League you know they don't speak until Mara creates that air pocket right mm-hmm. underwater. And then they start talking. And so after that, people were like, is that how they're going to handle that? Like anytime there's dialogue, like they got to have be be like in an air pocket or whatnot. But no, you could see, you know, like they kind of explained that in the movie. Like, oh, she does that because it keeps the fish out and because it's easier to like, you know, only only the highborns can breathe both water and air. Did you oh, catch yeah. that line? Yeah. So that's why like the soldiers have those like those those outfits or, or costumes or whatever that have, or uniforms that have the, the water in there. Right. And why crazy. that one guy had to flush himself. Right. Right. Why the one guy had to dunk himself in the toilet water. Um, so yeah, I thought that, you know, I don't know. I feel, I feel like they pulled it. It was just kind of like, Oh, you just go with it. Yeah. You, you, you bought into the reality that they established. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I felt like all the, all the supporting cast killed it. I thought, Patrick Wilson was great as King Orm, I and mean, he went for it. Some of those screams that he lets out, <laughs> he's like <laughs> trying to get the crowd worked up, and he's throwing up his arms, and oh, I'm like, wow, that's pretty fucking cool. I thought Willem Dafoe was great. Um, they they really did is, a lot. Oh, go ahead.
1: I got to say, Willem Dafoe is one of those people that I I feel like he's an excellent actor, but he can very easily become the caricature of Willem Dafoe. Yeah. And he didn't in this movie at
2: all. Yeah. Yeah. He, and in this movie, especially he could have gone there. Yeah. Yeah. But he was believable as like the, the, the sage kind of like mentor. Yeah. Um, let's see. We covered the horror scenes, the reveal of Atlanta being alive. I knew it's so funny. This really caught me by surprise. I, I, I knew that they were setting her up for still being alive at some point.
3: Mm-hmm. But I have
2: to say my first thought was not that she was gonna be under that that fish, scary fish person armor. Oh, I, I pulled that one, yeah. Yeah, and I norm I feel like I should have. I feel like normally I would. I think I was just so caught up that when that that uh character kind of comes out and saves them, and I was like, Who's that? Oh, like, of course, like, I, I, was just, <laughs> I was just so into it, I think at that point that I didn't see it coming. But yeah, I was surprised that it, that I didn't see it coming.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but you said you saw that I saw well, I just because like, well, it's got
1: to be a character that we know has been sent to this area. So it's got to be her. Right. Like it just kind of was like, yeah. of course, you know, course. I just kind of followed the logic of it. But but it, what that means is I
2: wasn't fully invested in that moment <laughs> <laughs> is what that means. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like uh, uh, it was to me, the whole movie comes down to. James Wan kind of saying, oh, so uh, super friends, huh? Aquaman's a joke. He just talks to fish you know like the fucking what did you call them the radiating uh lines oh, yeah. like the waves coming out right um yeah. i don't know if I, I i don't know if you picked this up but i i it struck me the second time i watched it the whole movie actually hinges on him being able to talk to fish because yeah that whole thing at the end with the with the big huge sea monster i can't remember the name of it um i thought it was so cool where you hear the voice of this monster saying things, you don't belong here, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he speaks back. And then the monster's like, wait, you understand me? And it it never, I I just thought that was just a voice that was being spoken.
1: And do you know who that voice is? Oh my God. Who? Julie Andrews. What? That's Julie Andrews. Oh my God. That's so fucking cool. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Like I was like, who is I'm scrolling through the cast and I see Julie Andrews and I'm like, uh, she she was Carithan is the the, yes. What the hell? Who who was she playing in this movie? I thought maybe she was one of the mer people, but no, she she is the the sea monster.
2: That is so cool. (laughs) What what an inspired choice. How do you even how does how does she even make it onto a short list of like who's gonna voice? This terrifying fucking underwater uh, Titan. Oh, that's I so cool I,
1: that that's, ha- that has to be like the director the casting director who was like, I want to work
2: with Julie Andrews. Yeah, like no I kidding. want this to happen. and It's just going to happen. No kidding. Yeah. But I thought, so, so they connected to the beginning, right? Like, Oh, he talks to fish, mm-hmm. but it's like, literally that's the thing that gets him the trident. That's the thing that like helps him win. Like that huge battle at the end is the fact that he talks to fish. And and then I had a laugh at the, um, I don't know, if this stood out to you, the final battle with King Orm. And he's like, they're fighting it out. And, you know, he does this, (laughs) I call, I refer to it as the flying crane finishing move. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's like, yes it's like you know mr miyagi teaches you know daniel this one move and goes ah, uh, you know you'll you'll be a master when you can do this thing and he he uses it to win the final battle he starts spinning his trident and i'm like yeah, it's the it's the flying crane it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's mr miyagi's like smiling off on the on the side there gives a little smirk a little knowing smirk oh uh. <laughs> dude it's just so cheesy. You got to love it. I don't know. They just went for it. I, I feel like he, they pulled it off. Yeah, no, I, I, this is,
1: this is a movie that gives, <laughs> I don't want to say it gives me hope for DC because we know it's because, because Joker. um, <laughs> But, and honestly, I would, I would sit there and go, oh, okay, maybe they really have this figured out. Maybe there, but then that's just sitting there on the horizon cackling at us. And I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. But if that wasn't there, I would be like, Okay, we've right. got a little momentum. This might actually
2: start to turn itself around. But that's what happens, right? When you that's the danger of not knowing what you're doing and not knowing what you're going for, is that you you set off in a bunch of different directions hoping something will work. And even when something does work, like Wonder Woman or Aquaman, you have also started into motion all these other things, and you're like, "Oh crap! How are we going to? You know what I mean? Like, how is this going to be all negotiated together?" Like, well, we
1: we have to have we have to have a DC relaunch, like theory movie, like uh, or theory episode where we just talk about how we would do like we like we did with Gambit, which is never. uh, I I said it, so now I have to look it up. Um, but it It really is one of those things where I can visually picture scenes that they could have gone for, like you know you do each individual hero movie and then you have that episode where Lex Luthor has Cheetah and Manta and a couple of other bad guys that were using you know you know Captain Cold. And then all of a sudden, the Joker kind of steps out of the shadows. Like, there's these these things that they could be
3: doing. Yeah.
2: How badass would it be? Part? How how badass would it be for DC to troll Marvel a little bit with a with an after credit scene where, let's say, Cheetah or, or Black Manta is is sitting there and, and just ruining the fact that they were defeated, and then Lex Luthor steps out of the shadows. Is like, you think you're the only one? Like yeah, like yeah 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 Luther is like the the Nick Fury of uh of of the DC world, you know. Well, that's
3: what he
1: should be. That's yeah. what he should be. And and like how somebody didn't kind of go, "Oh, this is the way we should go." Yeah. I don't I don't know.
2: Yeah, let's cast that movie because I want to talk to you about who you would keep and who you would recast and who which actors and actresses you would use to recast certain roles.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we'll get that on the. I, I just mentioned it to Rob today too, so we'll we'll get that on the cool. schedule. I don't think we. I think that's going to take some prep, so we should probably like put it for like a month or so out, so that we yeah. can really really kind of do a deep dive. Um, because I, because I invoked the 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 name of Gambit, I had to look <laughs> up the movie and see where we are. So we'll, we'll we'll end on a little Gambit movie update. Um, as of September. Um. Screen Rant said a new rumor suggests that the much delayed Gambit film set to star Channing Tatum. Um, let's see. Uh, Maybe in filming in February of 2019, but the very first one that was posted yesterday said, but it's from G advertisers. So I don't think that that's, Legitimate thing, <laughs> but it does say Channing Tatum may be leaving Gambit movie, um, and it came up in Google News.
2: Um,
1: yeah, I don't see. I don't see anything truly. Um, the last, I think, the last time we reported it, it was going to be more of a love story than a heist film. I think is the last time God. we talked about it, and that was back in October, and so now. Um, I I see nothing else since then. So so no Please no news on the game
2: front. Please let it die. I mean, there was that that tidbit of news last week where uh, Kevin Feige I believe said that Marvel could start producing X Men films in 2019.
1: <laughs> Is that him just going? All right, hand it over. Let's take let's fix this as, yeah. as we can and get it done. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm looking at the slate for DC, and there's only. Two films in 2019 for DC, Shazam and Joker. Uh, that that right there doesn't bode well, my friend. Right? Like That's it. That's it. And
1: and we, we didn't get Aquaman until the end. So Aquaman was the only movie
2: in 2018 from DC. Wow. That's yeah. Alright. I mean they've got a bunch of stuff slated after Sight for 2020? Has Cyborg, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, Green Lantern, Corpse, Suicide Squad two, and Birds of Prey in twenty twenty. I doubt. I highly doubt that is all happening in twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, I honestly hope that's not all happening. That's a lot to be doing. That's a lot to accomplish in twenty twenty. And if yeah. if the first two aren't good, like you get Cyborg. I think wonder woman will be okay, but you've got cyborg who we don't know. Um, wonder woman. And then from there, it just keeps getting more dubious. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, we're gonna Like, you know, you might be able to peak with, with wonder woman, but the rest of the rest of the year is going to be like, stop. It's already dead.
2: Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> That's one, two, three, four, five. My- Imagine getting five Marvel movies in one year. Like no way.
1: Five Marvel that's movies insane. in one year, f- directly on the heels of a December Joker release.
2: Yeah, that's that's insane. Is, oh god, you know it's too bad because I think there, you know, there's there is a there is a a world where DC gets more of these right than not, and uh, I think one day we're gonna say, remember when Jason Momoa was Aquaman? Remember when? They had a half decent Wonder Woman movie and they had to just like shit can all that stuff because, you know, they, they didn't figure it out. I mean, you we can look at Spider-Man and say, hey, you know, Spider-Man's one and two, especially Spider-Man two with Dr. Octopus by Sam Raimi. I love that movie. Yeah. You know, and that's just that's that's been, you know, that's gone. That's been retconned away or whatever, whatever you want to call it for these movies. Um, Maybe these will be like that. These will probably be that. Right. Yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah, huh. I think I think they uh, DC I feel is stuck in the the 90s with with X-Men. Like I think yeah. I think they are just now kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't work, which I don't feel like there's an excuse for because Marvel has made it work and they've been making it work for several like almost a decade now, right? Yeah. And so at this point it's kind of like Guys, you should have you should have been able to just say, "All right, stop. Start over. Let's let's plan this out and see what we want it to be." And they don't and I'm not saying they even had to do the whole linked universe. Like if you want to just give me a really good Superman movie, and then you want to give me a really good Wonder Woman movie, and then you want to give me a really good Batman movie, I'm fine with that. Yeah, no kidding. But okay. if you're going to try and do, if you're going to say we're going to have a linked movie universe that you got to plan that shit out.
2: Totally. And what a great reason for the, these, all these characters to come together then because all of their villains got together first.
1: Yes. Because Marvel has not set that up. Marvel does not like they have to, they would have to start now building that up to get a yeah. masters of evil. Yeah. And, and so if DC wanted to figure it out, that, that would be their way to kind of, I don't know, scoop Marvel on something. But but they have to start it now because I think Marvel's already like, well, where are we going to go? And there's somebody yeah. somewhere saying, well, we haven't done Masters of Evil yet. There's a lot of characters there that we can do
2: some really cool stuff with. And that's really DC's, I mean, that's their jam because they have, they've done that already in the stories, you know, at, at a much uh, higher profile than Marvel has.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's yeah, the, the that's, that's the big criticism that, that Marvel has, has come under is that they don't have very complex villains, but we got vulture and we got Thanos and, and I Killmonger. feel like, and Killmonger. And so I feel like they're starting to, they're starting to figure this out and Killmonger, you know, there's some theories that he's still around.
2: Yeah. yeah. So
1: maybe they're starting. Cause once you get a masters of evil, then you've got
2: the Thunderbolts movie franchise, and that'll be a lot of fun, yeah that would be a lot of that's like that's like next level that's like phase five or six I feel like because to have something like Thunderbolts play out correctly, you have to set up you know the expectation and and what this really means right mm-hmm. Something like Thunderbolts doesn't happen unless you've got a whole history of like fandom and reading and you've lived with characters for a while and, and you understand the tropes of like a superhero team book.
1: Yeah, because the whole the whole idea of that is that they're they're villains that are tired of getting knocked around by by superheroes. And then the, this is one of the few good things that came out of the whole Heroes Reborn um debacle is because when the Avengers were gone, somebody needed to take their place. So the villains were like, well, we can pretend to be heroes and not really yeah. be heroes. And then they found out that they liked being heroes and you get the thunderbolts. That's a lot of, that's a lot yeah. of finagling to get to that yeah. step. Exactly. But when that's you do, what made, that's what made it so cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you do, you have a suicide squad that works.
2: Yeah, Totally. That's yeah, absolutely. Instead, they're like, "Let's do Suicide Squad <laughs> with no setup, just with no setup. setup. Go just for just it, toss it in there."
1: All righty, sir. Have we talked the the ear off of this one?
2: Yeah, we have. Yeah, this. <laughs> Man, um, yeah, this is this movie's gonna be one. Aquaman is gonna be a movie that, regardless of what happens in the future with the character or whatnot, like this is gonna be such a fun, just like comforting rewatch for me. I already know it, um, so I'm glad they, I'm glad they, they, they got it right enough.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, dude, we're we're like just that statement. Aquaman is going to be a comforting rewatch for you. Yeah. Just, can you just meditate on that for a moment? <laughs> right? Uh, any any shout-outs this week?
2: Yeah. I want to try something different um, with the start of this year. And um, I want to start shouting out some of the cool artists that I follow on social media. So um, the, for today, I'm going shout to shout-out um, to this really cool artist I follow on Instagram. Her name is uh, Rocio Cintron. And um, I'll, I'll send you a link uh, to her Instagram page. Um, she's a senior toy designer at Disney. and uh, her feed is really cool. And I find there's a lot of there's a lot of artists out there that are working behind the scenes on stuff that we really love. And they're really great artists. And they're, they're usually their Instagram feeds are a great way to see not only what they're working on professionally, but then all the stuff that they're into and all of the great art that they're making on the side just for the love of it. Um, so Rocio's is, is one of those people that I've been following for a while now. And if you're into that whole Disney um, aesthetic, especially with the princesses and stuff, uh, definitely give her a follow or check her out because she does some really great work. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to shout out today.
1: Very cool. I want to shout out, to since we're starting a new year, um, all the other people in the Geek2Geek Media Network, um, we're doing kind of in the middle of rebranding and and getting some some new uh, creators involved. In fact, on uh, our little private channel, we've switched from um, a podcast private channel to a creator's private channel because we're not just going to be putting out um, podcasts uh, anymore. We're already kind of, you know, I know Rob does some streaming stuff, and and we've, we're actually pulling in a couple of streamers. Uh, I don't think anything's been formally announced yet, so I'm not going to announce names yet, but we have a couple of of streamers that we're bringing in, but I want to say you know, give a shout out to our, our new our new members as they're coming in, but also to Void and Bij and Rob and Katie and Chelsea um, who've really just kind of made it fun to be uh, a podcaster to just kind of feel like I have a community of, of like-minded people that, you know, Ray and I can, can kind of bounce ideas off of and, and have, have fun with. So big shout out to, to our network. Cool. Uh, next week, are we going to try and uh, do Spider-Verse? I would love to, because yeah. I love that film. Yeah. we got, we got a, a specific request from uh, our, our friend, uh, Nick, Nick, Who is going to? Who was like, "Hey, can uh, can you guys do Spider Verse? We want to know what your thoughts are." And so we are going to try and and fulfill that request because we've been meaning to, but I just haven't had a time to go see the film. (laughs) Uh, But that's our friend Nick Kelly, and so we will get that. uh, I will try and go see it,
2: and before our next recording. Awesome. Yeah. If just if just if it just becomes a, a motivation for you to see the the movie, then yes, go go see that.
3: All right,
1: so that's what that's what all next episode will be um, but meanwhile all the music in this episode is by Ben sound and is being used under Creative Commons license you can find more music by Ben sound at bensound.com geek totitude is a proud member of the geek to Geek media network check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to Geek podcast the uh, geek fitness health hacks uh, and tea time with Katie and Chelsea and make sure to join our reddit community at reddit.com forward slash R forward slash geek to geek cast. We're also on Slack, which you can uh, get to on our, all of our, I think all of our websites at this point have a link to the Slack channel. Uh, You can currently find us at geek2.com as well as on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google play and other podcatchers out there please leave us a review and spread the word if you'd like to contact me you can send me an email at joehogan at Geektitude.com. you can also follow the show on twitter at geekitude or me personally at epic Grays. ray where can we find you
2: um as always i am across various social media platforms at ray vargas three so if you go to facebook or instagram or twitter um, and just look up username Ray Vargas 3 I'll be there. And that's my website as well. So if you want to see some of my artwork, you can check it out at RayVargus3.com
0: Awesome. Well,
1: that's been a, again, another long episode. <laughs> so thank <laughs> you for sticking with us. Um, and until next week, keep it geek.
0: The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to oh! Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who is that? <sighs> Titan no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First rounds on us.
1: That theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stisha Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brennan Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD DND.
3: I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon.
1: So join us here at the Geek Wolf Pack Podcast Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry Or wherever you find your podcasts Or simply
3: at Podcast.com. And as always, geek out